When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I don't mean to be mean, but I want to ask you a question at the start of the show today. Is there a song that you like with rain in the title? I don't mean to rub it in because it's still doing that out there. It's dumping it down on us in this neck of the woods anyway. But is there a song with rain in the title that you like? Let us know and we'll dig it out and play it for you hopefully today on the show. Let's hear from you. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Yes, rain in the title of a song you like. Shouldn't be doing that, should I? But look, just a little thing came to mind. I said I'd throw it out to you and see what happens. Rain 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. A song that you like. Can you like a song about the rain? I think you can. I really do. Anyway, an update on the weather just before we get into the meat of the show today. Louise was saying yesterday she's hopeful next week it'll improve. Well, I was watching Carol Kirkwood on the BBC Breakfast News this morning and she's hopeful that Thursday of next week, now we have a long week to go, that a high pressure is going to build in over these islands and hopefully it'll settle down again. Fingers crossed, but it is a long way away. But I give you hope. I give you hope for sure. Welcome to the show. The docs are with us today. John Lowe, the money doctor, our doc. Kate McCann is here as well. But we begin today on foot of the latest Barnardo's Back to School survey issued yesterday. And I think one of the most pertinent things in it when I read it is that half of primary and two thirds of secondary school parents say they are really worried about meeting costs this year. Well, when it comes to back to school, there's only one woman from, for us from uh, mams.ie. Siobhan O'Neill White is on the line. Hello, Siobhan. Hiya, Jerry. I have to say, raindrops keep falling on my head. That's one of my favourites. And I went for a walk yesterday and the raindrops were falling on my head. So, um, thank God, I had me, had me rain jacket on. I well, I thank you for that. We're going to play that for you today, later on in the show. I promise <laughs> you. It's every, a, I'm going to get hate messages <laughs> off people now for encouraging to carry on. Not at all. In fact, today we probably should be talking what you do with children when it is raining all the time. But we leave that for another oh, time. God, yeah. But the songs are coming in. Simple as that. Are you yeah. surprised by those uh, findings? There, fifty percent of primary, sixty-six percent of secondary school parents yeah. are concerned. So, Siobhan what can be done? I would be higher. Mm. I'll be honest. I would have thought it'd be higher. Yeah. I have primary and secondary. So the primary, what's happening with the primary kids is we've been given an allowance towards their school books. So a lot of schools would have a book rental scheme, or if you have to buy the books, the government is basically allocated ninety six euro per child for the books. So if for our school for for primary, we would have had to pay an annual fee of around one hundred and fifteen euro, and that would include book rental and pencils and all that kind of stuff. And now this year it's going to be 70 euro. So mm. not exactly the 96 off, but 70 euro is grand. It's manageable. Happy days. Yeah. Um, the, you know, big problems that a lot of parents have is with uniforms and books and the expectation that the school puts on parents, in my view, completely unnecessarily to have a certain coat, to have a certain kind of shoe, to have a certain kind of, you know, uniform. And where, where you have schools recommending one retailer for uniforms, I'm so against that I could go out and protest. Why should parents, why in any situation should you be told you can only go to one shop and you have to pay 60 euro for your child's coat? I went into regatta in the ILAC there a few weeks ago, picked up the school coat, 25 euro on sale and went into Best Friend Rada and had the crest put on for a fiver. 
So the idea that you have to go to the recommended retailer, don't be bogged down by that. There's loads of ways around that. Uh, Tesco has 25% of all their school uniforms at the moment. You could go in there and you could buy the jumper or the cardigan or whatever kind of a top or whatever kind of a tracksuit top your kid has for school and then take it to your local sports shop like a haberdashery and have the crest put on. They'll usually do that for a fiver. Some schools will give you the crest. You can put it on yourself. So if you really are strapped for cash, please don't get a loan. Please look at things that you can do instead of spending 60 quid on the coat look at other ways maybe like so we got we were able to do the code for 30 do you know what I mean yeah, so there's yeah. lots of ways around it mm. um, but I do think schools need to be more realistic and in tune with the fact that we have a cost of living crisis I mean the cost of groceries is so insane I can't I go into the shop every other day and I'm taking pictures of things that I can't believe the shops have the audacity to charge what they're charging so mm. You know, and this is a topic on mom's body all the time. We're all sharing information, what shop is good. And to be honest, they're all they're all being bad at the moment to a certain extent. You have to look for the offers. Um, yeah. Come back, come back to you. You mentioned yeah. shoes there along with uniform. And Louise was yeah. talking to me about this oh. earlier on as well. What about the whole area of shoes? How can you save there? Um, yeah, well, certain schools will tell you that you have to buy a particular Irish brand of shoe for your child. And they're 100 euro for a pair of loafers. That's just bonkers. Don't do it. Go into pennies and you'll get a very, very similar shoe. I went in the other day for between 10 and 18 euro. So you might not think about pennies for back to school, but actually school bags, school coats, underwear, socks. And they even sometimes will have like little like tracksuits that will do for PE and things like that. So that's a good place that you might not think of because they don't really promote themselves as a back to school. But they do loads of stuff for back to school. Uh, I've said Tesco's 25% off uniforms. That's good. Um, What's really important thing to do, I'm always saying this, label absolutely everything. Because if you're buying your child a coat or a uniform or a bag or shoes or whatever, and believe me, my kids have lost shoes. I mean, how can you lose shoes? Mm. label absolutely everything so my name tags.ie you can create a label for your child put their name on it but you put your phone number yes so if something gets lost you have much more success rate of getting it back if it's labeled so you really have to you know shop around and look around for things like that and just be you, I label absolutely everything hmm everything that goes on them. And that, that's very important. I just want to, listeners are, are asking me a few questions here, listening to you. Uh, hi, Jerry. did I hear Siobhan saying there's a cost on primary school books? Ours are totally free. There is in our school. Um, there are, we have a, our school. This is the other thing. There's nothing uniform about schools in Ireland. Every school does things differently. One school tells you you have to buy this shoe. One school tells you you have to buy that jacket. Every school is different and they all have their own policies and their own guidelines. So Siobhan, Siobhan, hold on a second. You are saying that in a school where some of your children are going, you still have a fee for school books in a primary school? It's called a school fee. So it's for insurance, pens, pencils, artwork, whatever. Okay, I understand. So it's down to 70 rather than I think it was 115. Okay, so what they're saying is that the difference is the school book thing is gone and there's still that contribution to be made. Exactly. Okay, right. that's that's not a voluntary contribution. That's a standard fee. A voluntary contribution is separate. And I would encourage anyone who's in a finance... you know, in any kind, any kind of a budget, do not pay that voluntary contribution if you can't afford it. It's voluntary. It's for people who can afford it. It is not something your school can put pressure on you to pay and don't be pressured to pay it and certainly don't borrow money to pay it. Absolutely mm. don't do that. Another another one from a listener. Uh, secondary school children, especially girls, are all wearing Nike, uh, which are €85 Euro plus. Most teenagers won't wear anything but branded shoes from the likes of JD Sports and Sports Direct. Uh, I would say, you know, that's what I would do with my kids is if they want an expensive pair of shoes, I would say, well, you can use some of your birthday money or, you know, you, you know, they all had birthdays in the summer. You can contribute towards that. You know, one of my kids said to me the other day, I'd like a Zavetti coat for school. I looked it up. It was 150 euro. I said, you can go and sing for that because that's not Dixie. happening yeah, yeah mm. but, but this is the thing you know what as parents sometimes you have to say no mm. um, but you know you can go I know there's particular kind of shoes like my daughter wanted Harachis or something like that since I didn't like Harachis and they were I don't know they were 90 or 100 euro or something like that she's 11 and I was like if I give in to an 11 year old now on something like that I am going to be tormented for the next however many years she has mm. 
in mm. school and whatever. So I just said, no, but you can pick something else more reasonable. And she picked them in a different colour for 40 quid. Yeah. So you've got, you got a parent. That's the thing as well. You are the parent. It's as yeah. simple as that. And, and you and have to... hard. Yeah. You do feel pressure. Of course you want your children to have everything. Of course you want them to be happy. But, you know... Needs must, and anybody on a tracker mortgage at the moment is like panicking about absolutely everything. So you have to, I mean, without frightening them, explain to your children that the cost of living is very high, the cost of everything, electricity, gas, particularly food, all of that. So explain to them that you have to, you know, you're on a budget and let them pick something as an alternative and let them be involved in picking it, whether it's their school bag or their runners or whatever. You know, somewhere like Sports Direct is fairly good for things like that. Um, so they can still be involved, but you just have to explain to them. Yes. Here's another one, Siobhan, uh, for you. Uh, national schools are asking parents for fees from between 20 and 80 euro. I know this myself for the likes oh. of insurance, photocopying and art supplies as uh, a listener to us today. Uh, that's a huge difference between schools, even though the books yeah. are now free. What do you say about, did you say a moment ago about those type of uh, monies that schools are looking for? You've got to pay it, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, you have well, to pay that, it. And that, that's not a voluntary contribution. That's, an, that's a fee that you have to pay for yeah. your child. There's no choice there. Saying. The problem is, schools, there's no consistency. Every school has different fees. Every school has different, there, there's nothing uniform about our schooling system. And, you know, I, I get really annoyed when I hear of a school that makes parents buy, as I said, the particular brand of shoe that's mm. 100 euro, and then they have to have a particular slipper to wear inside. I'm just like, come off it. You're looking at 125 euro for a pair of shoes and a pair of slippers. That I, I, is it, it's, it, it is, and I agree with you. Here's another one. Uh, technology versus books. Why do we have to spend the money on technology, says a listener? We also have to get books. And in my experience, oh. they really don't reference the books an awful lot. Is that a fair point? We moved to iPads in our secondary school a couple of years ago, and I have to say it's been an absolutely brilliant decision because we bought the iPad and the iPad will last for between three and five years. It's a one-off payment. It's up to, it's connected to the school network. Everything they need to know is updated. If they're out sick, the homework goes up for them. The class goes up for them so they can stay constantly on top of their work. Even if they, you know, if they had COVID or whatever, if they missed school, they were able to still mm. do their schoolwork from home. So for me, initially when we when they were talking about iPads and they were 550 euro each, I was going, oh my God. But honestly, it's been one of the best things they could have done, um, particularly through lockdown and apparently we're going to come into a late COVID surge in a couple of weeks so we might have kids at home sick again but if they're mm. tapped into the school network with the iPad they're going to be able to continue and stay on top of their work um, so for me personally the technology You, I you like that but, but here's the thing and, and I come back to what that listener says that listener is saying they have to buy books as well even though they don't reference them much that doesn't yeah, make a don't. lot of sense does no. it? That's, that may, I mean we would have to buy um, exam papers and those kind like you're talking about um, books to accompany the le- lessons but you're talking about 750 for a Spanish exam book do you know that kind of thing nothing expensive so I don't really understand I can't understand why a school would have parents have, buy an iPad and books that makes mm. literally no sense yes yes and, and, and to me I scratch my head maybe there is a reason yeah. for it what about the, the the likes of you know you have to get children to school transport costs things like that what about that oh yeah transport I mean the, the bus errand scheme scheme they closed the end, entries for that I think in, in April or May you had to get your kids onto the list for the buses if you could back then um, I mean where possible obviously walk if you can it's it's chaos where we are in the mornings with the school. We know you know yourself. The whole villages get completely blocked up. I would say if you can walk, walk. We have we used to have a walking bus because we could walk to the school that the kids were in initially. Now we can't. So they get a school bus, and that's much preferable in my opinion than me driving them into school. Now they would love me to drive them, but it's better to put them on the bus for traffic, for the economy, for the environment, for everything. So. Um, if you're stuck in a situation where you can't walk and you don't want to be the only one driving them, carpool. So get in with other parents and, you know, take turns. Like you take one week, somebody takes the following week. Try and look for ways that you don't have to have, you know, 
five different families travelling to the same school in five different vehicles. Mm. Try and be smart about it. About, yes. you know, walk where you can or get a school bus where you can. The voluntary contribution, just back to that again from oh. a listener. Uh, the voluntary contribution, Jerry, just mentioned to Siobhan, it is oh. very difficult to say no because your child feels uh, it too and I do too and I do everything I can says a listener to try and make that contribution but what happens if you can't Siobhan? Can I just tell you now I run coffee mornings as you know all the time I'm in down in the Arc Cinema doing parent and baby coffee mornings I'm now doing perimenopause coffee mornings I'm doing everything and I speak with parents all the time and there's a huge percentage of parents that don't pay that voluntary contribution so this idea that everyone's paying it is absolutely not true so I understand you feel obliged you feel like my child's going to be singled out I can tell you I can guarantee you a huge amount of parents are not able to pay that contribution and if you're not able to pay that contribution don't pay that contribution don't borrow money don't feel bad you know, schools, you know, we're like we're on a track, our mortgage has gone up, it's going to go up again. We've had, it'll be nine increases in a year. Our mortgage has nearly doubled. It's absolutely insane. The cost of food. There's a lot of pressure on people at the moment in, in lots of different ways to just even survive, you know, to get food in, yes. to get food on the table, you mm. know. So really, I don't think that is something that a parent should ever have to worry about. And I don't think you should ever have to feel guilty about it. You're feeding, you're clothing your child. You're having them prepared for school, coats, bags, shoes, books, all of that kind of stuff. That's what you need. That's what you're required to do. And if you don't want to give that voluntary contribution, and I don't mean you don't want to give it, because a lot of people do want to give it, but ask yourself, if the school really wanted that voluntary contribution, maybe they shouldn't make you go and buy a school jacket that costs 60 euro for your child from a recommended retailer. There has to be give and take. The school can't tell you, this is our recommended retailer. You have to go here for uniforms. I've often, I've spent hundreds on uniforms. The coats are 60. The track suits are 30 or 40 as, as they get older. So if the school would rather me not pay that money for crested uniforms and go in and buy them in Tesco for a tenner, and give them the other money instead towards a voluntary contribution grant. But they can't have it every way. And if we have a €96 allowance towards books for kids, and my fees were 115 last year and they're 70 this year, the maths don't add up. Mm. But I don't begrudge giving that money to the school at all because they do an amazing job. And I know that they're putting the money to good use. But it can't be every way. So a lot of schools are very much putting pressure on parents for expensive uniforms and things like that. And really... I would not be losing sleep over a voluntary contribution. And anyone thinking I'm the only one, I promise you, I promise you, I speak to so many mummies all summer long. We start talking about back to school in April and May because that's when the stress starts because Mm. mummies know we have to start getting the money by now. We have to start paying things now. I promise you, a huge amount of people are not giving that contribution. And this year, with the cost of living, it's going to be even higher. Uh, A woman speaking sense on the radio, says a listener. They're only back to school and it's €2 for this, €5 for that. Schools have to really take note that people are under real pressure and cut this out, says another listener. Listen, you're fantastic. Really enjoyed talking to you today. We'll be back to you, Siobhan. Mams.ie. Check Siobhan and the crew out there. Thank you so much for joining me. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Siobhan O'Neill White there on your late lunch. Rain songs. We're talking about them next. Hi, Jerry. It's raining men, says Eilish in Rowan Heights this afternoon. Oh, I like your choice. What about that one, Louise? It's raining men. I never thought about that one. I wouldn't mind that all year. Oh, you old devil. Um, Purple Rain. There's a few for Purple Rain, isn't there, by Prince there? There's a number of them looking for Purple Rain. Walking the Streets in the Rain by Butch Moore, going back years ago. An Irish Eurovision entry. Madonna and Rain, says Dave in Trim. Mm. Uh, It Never Rains in Southern California. Albert Hammond, for all the children who are stuck inside for the summer holidays, says Dave Smith and Navin today. I Love a Rainy Night by... Eddie Rabbit, a great song, says Eamon O'Brien in Bow Park. And what about that one, Louise? Laughter in the Rain by Neil Sedaka. That comes in from Eddie today. Oh, that is a famous song. So it is Neil Sedaka's song. But it is going back a while. Uh, More for raindrops keep falling on my head. Another one from Sep to Shepherd. It's raining men. It has to be Purple Rain, says somebody else there. Purple Rain, Ursula in RD. Singing in the Rain. Now Mm. there's a classic coming into us uh, today from Rose. That is 
is a cracker for that sure. That one puts a smile on your face. Yes, it does. All those type of songs. There's loads of songs, isn't there, Louise, mm-hmm. with rain in the title? There really, really is. They're never ending, to be honest with you. They go on and go on and go on. Can you think of any of there more rain than sun songs? don't know. Probably because... I can't stand the rain. That's you just asked me. Commitments. I like that one. Do you like that one mm. too? Yeah. What about a rainy night in Georgia? Do you remember that one? A rainy night it's in Soho. In Soho, yeah. Yeah. I, it's raining again. It's raining again by Super Tramp. There's one for you. I, I remember that one well, yeah. Um, I made it through the rain. I remember that one. Barry Manilow. Do you remember Barry Manilow? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> rainy day in Soho by The Pogue, says the listener. Rainy night in Georgia. Wow, they're flying in here. That comes in from our friend Sharon O'Farrell. Hello, Sharon, this Hi, afternoon, Sharon. who's listening in. Delighted to hear from you on the show today. She's up to date with our rain songs, that's for sure. And so on and so so on they go. If there's a song with rain in it that strikes a bell with you, that you like, let us know. And 086. if anyone wants to send us in a voice app of you singing a rain song, oh. even better. Even better still. Small little clip that we can play. Yeah, yeah. We'll give you an hour learning on the show. Could be the start of a new career. Yeah. It's X Factor and <laughs> late, late lunch, lunch today. Yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. talent. Yeah. 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text. Uh, have I time? Are we going straight to the song? Will we go to the song? Good song we'll first, go to yeah. the song first. Anyway, we start our rain songs today and we dedicate it to all those out there who requested it and especially our Siobhan O'Neill White. Here it is, Raindrops. Falling on my head And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling Raindrops keep falling on my head. Rain songs on your late lunch happening all afternoon today. And if you'd like one played or there's one that you like, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Tell us about your favourite rain song. Raining songs with rain in the title on late lunch this afternoon. Thank you so much. They're flying into me here and so many different songs and artists as well with the word rain in the title. Magella's been on. Hi, Magella. November rain she loves. Rainy days and Mondays by the Carpenters, says David. I absolutely love it. Rainy day people. Dominic says, that's my song by Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, Have you ever seen the rain? Yes, Rod Stewart. Paddy, thank you indeed for that one. And Rosaline's uh, been on to say, I love that one, Jerry. I love a rainy night. Keep them coming to us. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Songs with rain in the title that you like. No, we're not rubbing it in. It just goes with the theme of the weather. And a man, I'm sure, who knows a song or two and can play a song or two with rain in the title joins me next. It is the money doctor, John Lowe. Good afternoon, John. Good, Good afternoon, Jerry. Yes, indeed. By the way, when... Uh, that song Have You Ever Seen the Rain is a Creedence Clearwater revival song Yes, and uh, have uh, Raining in My Heart Buddy Holly yes. Rain, The Beatles So many John <laughs> listen we could do this with you I know all day because you are absolutely brilliant and you know your stuff when it comes to music but it is finance today with the money doctor John yep. um, savings rates we are getting questions and I, when they know you're coming on they're always on to me about this saving rates John I want to talk to you about a company called Raisin.ie. Can you tell our listeners yeah. about the, these people? Yeah, I mean, they they are uh, essentially uh, German-based, actually, uh, lads who brought us together. But they're based, they have a Raisin.ie here in Ireland. And they've got something like uh, a million customers already with 38 billion euros uh, invested with them. Now, they are, which is the good thing, they, they are under the deposit protection scheme. So for 100,000, and, and they, they go wallop, whatever bank it's with, um, you know, you'll get your money back. Now, they do have some uh, good kind of rates, you know, fixed rates, like, you know, you'd get 3.6 fixed rates. Um, and that would be with a Portuguese bank, would you believe? Now, the one thing I will say about them, if you, for instance, decide to go for that one-year fixed rate with, with uh, Portugal and you're getting 3.6%, they don't deduct dirt, Jerry. So what you have to do is you have to actually um, 
uh, assess it yourself, assessment yourself. So you have to return it yourself. But you're not just going to return 33%. You're going to return income tax. Uh, you're going to return PRSI. You're going to, you know, universal social starts. The whole thing is, is, is taxable uh, once you're out of the country. It's only on deposits in, in Ireland. The very best rate, by the way, in Ireland is the 10-year National Solidarity Bond, which is the NTMA, National Treasury Management Agency. And they give 16% into your fist at the end of 10 years. Now, if you want to break that down into a gross rate, you're looking at 2.24% per annum. And that's the very, very best rate in Ireland. AIB announced recently uh, their regular saver, um, which was, uh, you know, 1%, I think, at, at one stage. It's now 2%, and the 2% is only last for, you know, uh, one year, and the maximum you can put in is 1000 a month or 12 grand. And at the end of the year, if you're 12 grand sitting in that account, it's automatically transferred into a 0.1%. Uh, account. Wow. Now, unlike the, the Bank of Ireland, Bank of Ireland offer one and a half percent, and you can you can actually put two and a half grand a month in with them. So that's thirty grand, and at the end of a year, at least their rate only goes down to one percent. Okay, but they're still small, John. I was just looking at the raising at three point six percent with the Portuguese bank. If you put in yeah. fifty thousand for a year, it would return eighteen hundred AER, uh, which after tax they say is twelve hundred and six euro one two zero six. It's still better than you get in any Irish bank, yes. that's for sure. And I mean, you're also safe if it's under a hundred thousand or uh, per person. That is yes. But you know, the stock market, Jerry. 10.72% from 1991 to 2020, 30 years, the average annual growth was 1072 Mm. So you're still uh, saying shares and a portfolio of shares. Well, uh, a managed fund uh, and, uh, you know, in the more aggressive uh, funds, you know, the normal, um, you know, insurance company offers managed funds and they have a scale of from two to six. So the lower the number, the lower the risk. Yes. But if, if you're going to go to number two or number three, you might as well be putting your money into cash and cash. The corollary of cash is that there's absolutely no growth on cash. You're, in fact, you're losing money with inflation and everything else. So you need to go up the other end. Um, you know, I mean, I had a lady who, who came in and put money into an ARF, and I advised her, and she went like, you know, 50% number four, 25, five, 25, uh, six. And after eight years, she had taken that 94,000 out of this ARF between this, you know, 4% and 5% imputed distribution that you have to take out, taxable, and the annual management charges. And she'd given uh, or invested 212,000. So I said, at the end of 12 years, you've taken that 94,000. How much do you think is left in this account? And she said, 130? I said, no, you've got 226,000 left in your fund. Mm, so there is a lot to be said for that. The other thing, John, is just to mention to listeners again, raisin.ie, that's R-A-I-S-I-N, raisin.ie, if you want to have, have a look at them. Yeah. That 100,000 guarantee, would you just clarify that for me? That's per yeah. person. Now, say, look, if you per were... Per institution, per institution. Per institution. So if you yeah. had a couple, say, you had 100 and 100 in two different institutions, they're yeah. guaranteed for an individual. Absolutely. Every bank uh, who is under that scheme, yeah. and they would only be raisin.ie, would only be using the banks that have that scheme yes. in, obviously. But all the banks, all the banks over here, AIB, Bank of Ireland, uh, you know, Permanent TSB, all the credit unions even here in Ireland, and, but you can't put 100,000 in any credit union. Cause no. I think the maximum is about 25,000 at this stage, mm, mm. most of them. Let's move on to borrowing, because again, the European Central Bank uh, in recent weeks has raised its interest rate by a quarter of 1% and the door is open to p- potentially more raises uh, before the end of the year. Um, if you're looking to borrow, John, who, who's the best to look to for a, a mortgage? Well, I tell you, the, the really uh, good thing about it now is that if you have a green um, outlook on your house, in other words, you know, the green mortgage is where it's at because uh, you can get as low as 3.6% on a fixed rate for five years if you have a B3 or better. I mean, there's a lot of people who are going and getting this, uh, you know, uh, Re, re, retrofit yeah. on, their, on their homes and they don't realise that they probably got a mortgage on it that if they go back to either their own bank or swap switch 
um, to a bank that's offering uh, really, really good rates, they could save huge sums of money, absolutely huge. I mean, the difference between the, the highest rate at the moment and the lowest is a staggering about 2.8%. Um, and, and therefore, it is worth your while. I mean, last Christmas was the optimum time if you had a tracker rate or you had a standard variable rate to sw- swap your mortgage into a fixed rate. You could get 2.05% then, five-year fixed area. That was last Christmas. Mm. Now it's like, you know, 395 or 425 They're the norm. Uh, fixed rate. But even then, I would be saying to to clients, you know, swap in because there's two more rate increases coming up. Okay, so they're they're on the way. John, just come back to that. Something you said there uh, intrigues me. You're saying that the BER rating, this whole thing about, you know, how energy efficient your house is, now has an influence on the rate you can secure when you're getting a mortgage or switching a mortgage. Absolutely, because if you have a B3 or better rating, you can avail of a 3.85, for instance, a five-year fixed rate. And then if your loan-to-value is even lower again, say you're at 50%, you might get down to 3.65%. Okay, so, so there's... It's definitely worth your while uh, pursuing that. And there are three things, Jerry, uh, for again, your listeners who are thinking about maybe switching their mortgage. They need three things. One is the loan-to-value. So 80%, that's it. So if your house is worth half a million, then uh, you can only swap 400,000, basically. Mm. So that's the first thing. Second thing, then, is um, your uh, ability to repay. So it's three and a half times income. So your joint income, multiply your joint income by three and a half times. That If that comes up to the 400,000, then you're eligible to go to another lender outside of your own and seek to get a, a better rate. And the third last thing, then, is your credit history. Um, there's a crowd called Central centralcreditregister.ie. I once made the mistake, by the way, of sending a, a note uh, to this uh, client saying ccr.ie, he, and he put it up, and up came this um, uh, Ross Gray uh, Cistercian Monastery. <laughs> <laughs> and, and actually, when I was thinking about it, I thought it might even be uh, CCR <laughs> for me, and always will be, Creedence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> and there's another crowd that have a song about the rain. I've just after seen it popping in there as well but John here's another question uh, yeah. from a listener just come in will you ask John please Jerry a tracker uh, mortgage we have a tracker should we stick with it oh gosh you know they really left it too late at this stage but I would if it was my tracker Jerry I'd be moving I would first of all go back to your own lender because that will save money and ask them what good uh, interest rates uh, mortgage interest rates fixed in mortgage interest rates have you got and it, again if that that the listener has a, a, a good bare rating you know B3 or better then they'll be able to avail and then find out what that is and then go to a person like me or whoever is, is your local um, kind of a, a financial advisor and find out is there a better rate with a with an alternative lender mm. and don't be afraid to move better in your pocket yes it certainly is um, just before we finish up on the pension issue I have this question and uh, I, I've been holding it since the last time you were on I got yep. from a listener um, they want to know I'll just paraphrase it um, they've gone beyond uh, the 40 years uh, you know the way you can work till 70 yeah. now and uh, they've yeah. gone beyond the 40 years and they want to know will their final uh, their pension and lump sum be determined on the rate they were on on the 40th year or they haven't decided how long they're going to work for beyond the 40 years yeah well this is probably relating to public sector Jerry yes and and public it sector is, is uh, the way they, they operate their um, uh, pension scheme is they get one eightieth for each year of service um, uh, uh, you know they have to do uh, 40 years if they only do 30 years they get you know 30 eightieths you know, instead of 48 years, so mm. that's a percentage. So if they do 48 years, that means they get half. So if they're finishing up at 50,000 uh, after, you know, 40 years, yes. they get 25 grand. Now, in the old days, they got the last three years average of your, your income, and and then that was, if you got 48 years, you got half of that. Yeah. However, now, in the last, say, I think 15 years or more, uh, it's for 
every year. So your first year you're on ten grand, the second year you're on twelve, the fourth year you're on fifteen, yeah. and it goes on till your fortieth year you're on a hundred thousand. So they average it out, they you know add it all up and divide it by forty, and then that is your average. And then they will give you whatever forty eighties of that, which is half. Mm-hmm. So if you do forty five years, they're not going to give you forty five eighties. They're I going to still give you just forty. So yeah. it's always the forty. Now the other thing then is uh, on the uh, cash tax free lump sum. That's three eighties for each year of service. So if you have worked again forty years and you get three eighties for each year of service, that's one hundred and twenty over. Uh, 80, which is one and a half times your salary. Salary. And your salary. That's tax-free. Tax-free. Okay, at that, that stage. Yeah. John, going to leave it there today. Thank you so much. And uh, your musical knowledge is beyond <laughs> reproach, I'd say. I see Credence there. We'll have to give it a spin for oh, sure. Oh, that's a good one. That really is a good one. And in fact, I only saw him recently, by the way, in the uh, Three Arena. Did you? Uh, yeah, John Fogarty is his name. So he he's kind of now just bought all the back catalogue of all his songs. So it was a fantastic show absolutely fantastic show mm. um, and fully packed you know and all he has a, a huge huge catalogue I mean a lot of his songs are are classics you know um, uh, you know I, in fact uh, the you know uh, Green River um, uh, Looking Out My Back Door um, uh, plus the other one that he had a big number one well, the Sweet Hitchhiker there's a whole raft of them but well, well worth having a look at the back catalogue yes Oh, John, uh, listen, uh, thank you again for joining me. We must keep you in mind for the pop slot. Anyway, here it is, John. Credence, Clearwater Revival, dedicated to you today, the Money Doctor. Thanks, John. Thanks, Jerry. we ever seen the rain in the name of God son what are you talking about or singing about have we ever seen it we're fed up with the thing that at the minute so we are anyway look it's uh, rain songs on your late lunch this afternoon and uh, thank you so much keep them coming to me 086 1800 658 by whatsapp or text back in a moment we got the statement, Louise, from Mead County Council about the naming of the theatre in Trim, uh, the Swift Cultural Centre. We were talking yesterday to Cynthia Simone, but really, Louise, the statement doesn't clarify the questions we asked, does it? We asked how they came about the name, you know. And who the, decided. And who decided. This Ultimately. statement is one that was issued a stand. So we've gone back, haven't we? We've yeah. gone back and asked them again for the answer to that question. But I did think, just to point out, I know Swift, but it just if in the statement it also says, in reference to all the Swift's the birds that come to Yes. Trim. I just thought that was cute. Yeah, that's nice. So yeah. it is. I think that's um, a little addition. Yeah. But anyway, we leave that beat till we get the answers back. The rain songs are just pouring in. Sorry for the pun. I can see clearly now the rain has gone by Hothouse Flowers, says a listener. I love Fiona, Louise. We love Fiona. We love you, Fiona. Rain, rain, go away. Come again another mm. day. That's a lovely little song for children, isn't it? What about this one? Toto, the rains in Africa. Now there's a song for mm-hmm. you. A fantastic song. But anyway, we continue on the rain theme on your late lunch with an absolute classic. It's been requested by many of you. Seems it never rains in Southern California. a rainy song that lifts my spirits anyway I don't know about yours there is joy in rain too 
Singing in the Rain, Jerry, a classic it is indeed. And Rain by the script, I absolutely love it. That's a few people uh, about the script and Rain, you never know, could be coming your way on late lunch, but coming your way next. It's our second doc of the day. It's Dr. Kate McCann. Anyway, let's move on with our doc. Dr. Kate McCann is on the line. Afternoon, Kate. How are you? Good to talk to you again on the show. We're talking sports injuries today, folks, for adults and uh, children, or covering adults and children. Let's begin from the point of view, Kate. Can many injuries really be prevented if we do a few things? Not all of them. And I think that's that's always one of those things. They can happen. Accidents can happen. I think it's it's good to take a sensible approach. And I, and it's also worth always putting out pointing out that it's riskier to be sedentary than it is to be active. So being active is good for us. Being active is healthy. Injuries can happen. It's good to be sensible. Um, and we should take precautions, but injuries can happen. So injuries happen and it is in part and parcel of, of being active. But in terms of prevention, a few things you, you do want to, to point out. Talk to me about outdoor sports for a start. Yeah, so it's it's just the safety first. So I think this time of year, the, the ones we think about a lot are the water sports. So, you know, following the advice, you know, um, Water Safety Ireland has great advice, you know, you know, checking the weather, um, not mixing alcohol and water, making sure you have um, an approved um, um, life jacket if you're going out on the water. And, and if you're swimming to stay in your depth or and not go beyond your limits. And and just the sensible things like wearing or wearing the sunscreen, wearing high vis if you're out on the roads, um, you know, biking or running. It, you know, these are these are just the common safety things, but it all adds up. Mm. And helmets, when it comes to, you know, if you're out, hurling is one that comes to mind, but as well as that, if you're driving, you know, to wear the gear, if you're involved in rally sports or things like that, that goes without saying. You, you think it would, yeah, but I think it's, it's a really, uh, you, you see lots of people out without helmets and, you know, it, it does a, a great job of protecting, I think people think a lot about brains and heads, but where it makes a huge difference, especially in children, if a correctly fitted helmet makes a big difference to facial injuries. So if you do go down, that that really that that thick overhang of the brim that people you might notice, it really protects your face. Mm. And and I've seen yeah, young lads out on scramblers and things like that without helmets on them. Ridiculous. You, you, you need to wear them for sure. And of course, stretching and warming up when you're running or doing activities like that, it does help, doesn't it, prevent injury? Yeah, warming up and stretching properly um, is really important, especially if if any sport which is going to involve um, a a quick burst or a jump or a a turn um, and a cold muscle. This is where patients often get injuries like a a half strain Um, or whether we just go out and overdo it. You know, I often see patients who are kind of been told they need to get moving. They're They're trying to look after their heart. They haven't been doing things for a while. And rather than take it slow, they um they've got they they're all motivated and out they go to go do five k from literally from the couch to the five k in one day. And you know if you're if you've been if you haven't been active for a while, you're getting back into it. You know taking it slow is worth it. You know this will this this will prevent injury. Now for clubs and organisations that have fixed uh, places where they train and uh, their sport is performed regularly. First aid kits and, you know, if, you ha- if you're lucky enough to have a defib or things like that, all those things need regular checking. They really do. So um, I think one of those things that some clubs are great at, other clubs aren't, is having someone who just checks to make sure that that the things you need in the first aid kit are in there. The one things that seem to go quite quickly, obviously, are things like the ice packs, you know, those, those ones you squeeze and crunch and they get cold and making sure that they're that the bag is clean, you know where it is. And yeah, AEDs are a great safety feature in clubs and it's useful if somebody in the club knows where that is if it's needed. Now, you should always be aware as well of contact numbers for hospitals, uh, for your GP in the area and things like that, because if something is a little more serious than uh, can be dealt with with a first aid kit or somebody uh, with first aid training, that's your next port of call, isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, look, your local first aider sometimes, um, you know, a lot of stuff is minor and if someone has first aid, that's great. That's enough. Um, some sports clubs, 
you know, for athletes who are regularly training, minor stuff. They they have the club physio, which is a great re- great resource, or your local chartered physiotherapist can be great. But if you're worried, if it's more serious, I mean, the classic thing people ask me, you know, as a doctor, they worry about injury. Is it broken? If you're if you're asking that question, then you, you are going to need um, a medical professional, and that's probably going to be ideally our, our best source in Ireland is actually if you're near one is an HSC minor injury. Mm. Now, if you're in a scenario where something looks a bit more difficult and perhaps a break, let's talk about this for a moment. Um, talk about an arm or leg of that and somebody's, you know, manoeuvring an arm or leg after an injury. Um, if you can move it, it's not broken. Is that true? No, and I, I love these urban myths, um, you know, and, and this is the this is the tricky one is that a lot of people will, will, will Google or there's a lot of urban myths. If you can move it, it's not broken. If you can walk on it, it's not broken. Um, you know, it's broken by looking at it. And, and no, it, it can be depending on the bone or the injury we're talking about. It can be a lot more subtle than that. I mean, obviously, we've all seen catastrophic injuries. You're like, you look at that and go, wow, that's, that's yes. bad. Um, <laughs> you know, there's something who's like, wow, that's bad. Let's call the ambulance. But the other side of it is, you, you know, um, somebody's in pain. They know it's not right. Is it broken? Quite honestly, except for a professional assessment and usually an x-ray or maybe even more advanced imaging, you're not really sure what's going on. So attempting to, to walk on it, manoeuvre it, uh, they're not in much pain, things like that, is not an indicator or is not something you should do. Are you better uh, acting on the side of caution and saying, look, let's stay put here until professionals arrive? Well, look, I, I tend to think that patients are pretty much good, got good common sense. It's worth listening to your gut. If you stand up and you're like, actually, I'm okay, then you probably are. Mm. But if you're in like a lot of pain, um, and you know you're not right. And yes. I, I would say, look, get advice. And, and what I worry about is patients who do the other. They're, they're sitting there. They're in absolute agony. Um, and they're kind of muddling through saying, well, you know, if it were really broken, I wouldn't be able to, for example, move it. And, you know, um, I'm always worried about the patients with high levels of getting on with it this. Those are the ones I always worry about. Mm. And of course, you then have, uh, never mind breaks, the soft tissue injuries like, uh, you know, an ACL injury, a bad Achilles uh, break or something like that. Those things are are different. They are. I mean, this is, I sometimes, sometimes when, you know, back the day when I saw those injuries as part of my practice, um, we do an x-ray, the x-ray being normal, and the patient would be like, well, great, it's not broken. It's just soft tissue. And I'd be like, well, you know what? Some of these soft tissue injuries can cause you as much bother as, as a broken bone. They can, you know, the same six weeks off, physiotherapy, period of immobilization. We're talking about something, for example, such as a ruptured Achilles or a significant knee ligament. I had a ruptured Achilles once in my lifetime, fierce injury altogether, and it wasn't picked up for over 20, for between 24 and 48 hours. And, you know, it was a a difficult uh, surgery then and recovery from it. So I I know what you're talking about there. As well as that, you know, if you suffer something and you go home and it's persistent and the pain is there, you really do need to move on if it hasn't been checked and get it x-rayed or go to your GP. Yeah, and I think sometimes, um, uh, you know, we have our, our culture is very influenced more and more by a number of factors. We have something which I'm, I'm very increasingly uncomfortable with messaging saying, you know, not to attend a GP or not to attend an emergency room because the services are so overburdened, mm. um, which I, and I do know I, I, I'm no firsthand with, you know, the resources are overburdened. But um, sometimes the, the worrying thing with that is that people often delay seeking care when they really do need it. Mm. And, and, and uh, you're better erring on the size, side of caution. That's my policy. Anyway, talk to me for a moment about concussion. It's a, it's a serious thing and we've seen it in the news, even with professional sports and that, how it's dealt with. What about somebody who gets a, a head injury? This is the one where definitely um, this is the one where you really do err on caution. So if someone twists their ankle and they kind of walk it off and they uh, five minutes later, like, actually, I'm grand, I can run on it. Then, you know, that's that's fine with a concussion. This is the one where we always want everyone to err on the side of caution. And I think the the dialogue around this last 10 years has been really helpful, especially coming from professional athletes. They're really making shifts in the culture, which is good. Um, And the mantra is, if in doubt, sit them out. That's it. You know, if you if you're not sure, you're not comfortable, 
just sit the athlete out. Mm, very, very important ad- advice there. And, and it goes without saying, needs to be treated seriously, um, you know, and, and a thorough check done there. Especially, like, it, it, it applies across the board, but what about head injuries in children and teens? Yeah, so head injuries in children and teens, again, developing brains, we always take that just that little bit seriously. Um, and children are not necessarily going to be... Um, as good as an adult athlete at saying, look, I've had a head injury and, you know, I need to get myself checked out. And um, so they really do, re- they do really do rely on, you know, um, coaches, managers, mentors, parents to kind of be vigilant and say, you know, um, we need to stop play, mm. you know, and there needs to be a low threshold for stopping play. I think almost all um, sporting organizations in Ireland have head injury protocols. They're available to view on their website. They have written uh, return to play guidelines. And they all, many of these organizations actually have um, courses that you can take online or in person to learn how to be um, basically looking after athletes from the sidelines as either kind of a, a parent or a manager of being able to spot head injury and how to you know make those calls and be comfortable with it. On the uh, children front, you have three uh, tenets of advice that you use all the time uh, with uh, children and adolescents and their families. What do you mean by it's okay to be okay? It's It was okay not to be okay. Sorry, and not to, yeah. Yeah, so for young athletes, you know, especially for very little ones, um, if they are in pain, let them let them stop play. Let them come off. Let the you know make sure they're okay. Childhood um, breaks and fractures can be much more subtle than adults. And we call it buckling in bones, for example, the bone doesn't really break as much as there's a little dent in the bone. It can be very painful. And they're again, their brains are developing, so head injuries are quite serious. So I, I always think that if a child is crying, if they're distressed, if they say they have an injury believe the child, um, let them come off the pat, come off the pitch. I think some parents are sensitive that their child might be, you know, too dramatic or cry too easily. But you know what, if give them five minutes, um, if it really is just a bit of drama, they'll shake it off themselves and off they go. And but if they're really in distress, I, you know, I tend to say, look, you know, believe your child. So the first one, OK, not to be OK. Secondly, overuse injury. Yeah, so a lot of times um, we we think about that in professional athletes, about making sure they have their time off, their downtime, not overtraining. The same thing goes for youth sports, is that, you know, your sports should have a break. You know, they shouldn't go nonstop 12 months a year. So, you know, making sure that your child has um, a couple of weeks off every so often where they're not training. Um, and then at least one day, at least one day a week where they're not training, let their bodies rest and recover as they grow. Mm. Uh, a listener on to say, I have a child that keeps breaking the same finger and spraining the same wrist, but she's determined to go back to play every single time. That ties in with your third point. Don't rush return to play. That's actually for any age. And this is really important. I have a lot of, um, I, have, I, I, I can remember um, a, a, a patient once, they wanted to go back into soccer goals with a broken wrist. Um, you know, <laughs> they, they basically told me, look, if you just put it in the brace instead mm. of cast, you know, I'll go out there and play. And I and the reality is, is that one is no good to play on an injury. You know, you're not letting it heal. But the other thing I always tell patients is, is the one they don't think about. And that's that that's the second injury. And the second injury is an injury that's not related to the first injury that you sustained because of the first injury. And the example I often give is the ankle's not great. You're forcing yourself to run on it, but you trip and fall again mm. on that ankle. It's a little weak because it's not stable. And then you come down on a wrist hard and you break the wrist. And that's kind of the example I used very classically. But the second injury is means that because, um, for example, you have pain in your wrist, you pull it back, you don't fall on it, and then you fall and then you injure yourself, for example, by striking your head. Right. You know, it's the second injury that follows the first injury that didn't heal. And that's around, that's about, if it's about, and the, the stats are, are quite high. It's about 15%. Right. So take time, rest it, get it better before you go back. Don't be rushing it. Have you a walk coming up? 
I do not. I am. I do have. I, I plan to do one in September. Yes. Um, but I I decided to move it on from St. Catharines because we did we had a great summer series in St. Catharines. I'd like to move the walk around. So I've um, I put it up on my social media asking for suggestions about what community um, people would like to see the next walk and a dock with, and um, we'll schedule that for a weekend in September. Okay. Um, based on the suggestions. Great. So we'll mention that next time you're with us. In the meantime, you can check Dr. Kate out on mdoc.ie. That's E-M-D-O-C dot I-E. Thank you so much as usual for joining me. Thanks so much, Jerry. Bye. Take care. That's Dr. Kate McCann, our doc on late lunch about sports, injuries, adult and children. The rain songs keep falling into our inboxes on late lunch this afternoon. Thank you so much for all of your suggestions singing in the rain has appeared again from somebody else there purple rain is getting an awful lot of votes it really is it's a very long song but you never know you live in hope if you've uh, suggested it today you have to live in hope when you listen to us on late lunch coming up after three in the show our Sinead Sinead Burke brings us more of our banter and she's paying tribute uh, to a wonderful lady Sinead O'Connor this afternoon that's coming after three and the number three in my top five countdown from this week in 1983 a rain song really Killian and Mark we had to think about this we had to think about it. No, we didn't. For the boys in the newsroom in LMFM, Killian Mark, their request for the uh, song about rain. It's Rihanna, an umbrella. I'd hold her umbrella for any time, boys, I have to say. Here it is. Winning our tickets today on Late Lunch to go along on Friday to see the Tumbling Paddies, Rulia Bulia, Kate McParlin and more besides is Adele McMahon. Well done to you, Adele. Those tickets are yours. The Dublin Horse Show. I have a ticket, a family ticket each day to give away. The question today was, in which postal district is uh, the RDS, the Royal Dublin Society? Was it D2, D3 or D4? It's in Dublin 4. And the family ticket today goes to Colette Monaghan in Talonstown. Well done to you, Colette. They'll be in touch to make the arrangements. Rain songs on and on they go. You're wonderful people. I love late lunch listeners. Rhythm of the Falling Rain by the Cascade, says a listener today. It's a lovely song. Uh, that comes in actually from Jayanne and Nana Josie in Summer Hill this afternoon. Hello to you. I Can't Stand the Rain by Boney M, says another listener. Tears and Rain by James Blunt. I love it, says someone else. And will it ever stop raining? Well, will it? By the Saw Doctors is the choice of someone else. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number three from this very week in 1983. And it's an unusual one, I have to say. It it was a single by Malcolm McLaren, taken from his debut album called Duck Rock. It was a follow-up to his debut single, which was a big success as well, Buffalo Gals. And this one, it reached number three in the charts, where it is today with us. The song is about a skipping name of the same name. Number three from this week in 1983, top five, countdown on late launch. It's Malcolm McLaren and Double Dodge. Malcolm McLaren and our number three from this week in 1983, The Skipping Song. A little addendum to that, uh, a South African group called the Boyo Boyos sued McLaren for plagiarism over the similarity of that song, Double Dutch, to their own 1975 hit, Pooling. There was a lengthy legal battle and there was a settlement made outside of court, but McLaren retained the song writing credits that was an interesting addendum to that one number three two and one coming your way on late lunch round about this time tomorrow and again on Friday from 1983 
Now, there's been a lot said, a lot written and a lot spoken about Sinead O'Connor since she tragically passed away. Well, our Sinead Burke pays tribute to her next because coming up is, after the break, Burke's banter. It's hard to easily understand or accurately explain why the death of Sinead O'Connor has captured the nation the way it has. We've lost other well-loved artists, campaigners or celebrities over the years and mourned their loss in the appropriately respectful way. But this time, this time it feels different. More visceral. More personal. A stronger gut punch. The coverage here in Ireland has been different to how it's been reported around the world, and it has gone global in the most remarkable way. But while the Washington Post, the Times of Israel, the Guardian the newspapers from South America to Australia, speak of her powerful voice and fiery attempts to expose clerical child abuse. The tone here is more protective and warmer and maybe, in some quarters, more guilty. Here at home, Sinead O'Connor wasn't an international superstar. She was our Sinead. Her disarming honesty meant we knew a lot more about her than most well-known people. We knew she was fragile and strong. We knew she never stopped seeking meaning and love and faith. We knew she was brave and frightened at the same time. And just like the mythical Greek Cassandra, she was fated to always speak the truth, no matter the consequences, and to hell with how awkward it made things. To many women my age, she was the first modern Irish girl. The shaved head and Doc Martens, her model features set to a brave roar over her guitar, epitomised a look, an attitude and a courage of self we could only try to aspire to in 80s Ireland. For us, the would-be cool girls, now in our lumpy and tired 40s, we've lost the leader of the gang and someone who provided the soundtrack to a time when we thought we would grow up to be strong, fearless women. Some of us did, some of us didn't. But no one can say we were never given an example to follow. In an imperfect world, we expect people with remarkable talent to be perfect. Sinead rejoiced in not being perfect and defiantly kicked over the pedestal, the record industry and maybe the country erected for her at the start of her career. And while many might have shaken their heads and rolled their eyes as she rallied against injustices, or gave gay cheek on the late late. Ireland loved her, worried for her, and when she sang, we ached with pride that she was our Sinead. It is a remarkable achievement for someone who is so often called a troublemaker, an attention seeker, or just ridiculous, to have so gently found a place in Ireland's arms. Maybe it's because at the back of it all, she was right about a lot of things. As the loud tributes pour in, quiet stories emerge. When Sinead sold her grand piano to help keep a primary school for traveller children stay open. The regular calls she would make to a Bray doctor's surgery, arranging to cover strangers' medical fees and accommodation. Talking her way into the Taoiseach's office to raise the concerns of protesters out on the street. She was someone who fought hard, loved hard, and felt hurt hard. And then there was the voice. Each song a beautiful howl of pain and anger and love. The cool girl is dead. The Doc Martens have been put away. But the imprint remains. I can eat my dinner in a fancy Sinead O'Connor on your late lunch today. 
almost ending the show for us. And a big thank you, as always, to our Sinead Burke for a lovely tribute to Sinead O'Connor. Final word on the rain songs to you today. Here comes The Rain Again by Annie Lennox. Says Jean, I absolutely love it. We'd love to play all your rain songs, but there's just so many and we hadn't the time. But uh, thank you so much for everybody who, to everybody who got in touch with us. Um, Hi, Jerry. Um, that's another one for Rhythm of the Falling Rain by the Cascades. That's a couple we've got in for that one. Rainy Night in Georgia again. Raining Men plus Rainy Nights in Soho from Dolores. Thank you indeed. Another listener there saying, Jerry, thank God for the rain. It gives me a chance to get some housework done. I'm not able to go out and cut the grass, weed or deadhead and many more excuses to stay in the garden. Please, God, the good weather comes back and you get out to do all that because this is the time of the year to do it. Anyway, that's a lot on late lunch this midweek Wednesday afternoon. Thank you, as always, for your company and joining with us on the show. We'll be back tomorrow at 1.30. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Stay tuned and we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Bye. The Late Lunch, brought to you by Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.